So, James, what's it like living now in Trump's America? <laughs> it's exactly the same as before with more scared white people. <laughs> well, scared, scared. scared everyone else as well. Although, you know, yeah. scared white people are their main cultural export right now. I think everyone else is just <laughs> stocking up on barbed wire baseball bats and tinned food. Welcome to Everything Hurts. My name is Dan Quintana from the University of Oslo, and I'm here with James Heathers from Northeastern University in Boston, Massachusetts. Hey, things, yeah, take that. Have the have the whole name. Let's put whole in a, let's put in the suburb and the address. <laughs> Ta da! How are you, Daniel? How's life in Herringtown? Uh, it's good. It's getting uh, it's getting dark early these days. It's uh, uh, does that here as well. Now. They've got that daylight saving crap. So I, I look around and go, oh, I was going to clean the house before going out this evening. Oh, I'm running out of time. I don't know what to do. And you know, you start mopping the floor with one foot and trying to organize stuff with your hands, and then you realize it's uh, till ten to five. Yeah, it really it uh, it, it messes with you. Um, I rather fancy some of that midnight sun right now. Yeah, but you know, you know, the one of the, the one of the things I, I miss a lot from Sydney was doing the uh, the moonlight cinema. Do you ever do that? No. Where you? Where, they uh, wouldn't that, let they, you take um, alcohol in. Uh, the one in North Sydney does. Oh well, not not officially anyway, but they're a bit lax. But the fantastic thing about these moonlight cinemas was during middle of summer you can go and watch a movie, but in Norway you just you just can't do it because in summer the sun doesn't go down soon enough. Probably the same over there, maybe. Right. So all it is really is cinema while it's quite late. Yeah, I did. I did. I did do it once, but it didn't start till midnight. So it's uh, uh, not, they not do quite the they thing. do midnight screenings to different things here at different cinemas. Sometimes there's classic horror stuff like that. The thing I really like, there's a cinema just down the road from us. Big shout out to uh, the Brookline uh, Coolidge Corner Cinema, which is a non-profit where you can get a goddamn Belgian ale in a real cup in the lobby and then then go and see a film that doesn't make you want to saw your own face off. So it takes takes something like that to get me to the cinema. (laughs) It is awesome though. Last Christmas they had um uh last Christmas they had the Delirium Tremens Christmas beer on tap in the cinema. Oh yeah. Yeah. In the cinema. Nice. And then people tell oh I'll go, there's nothing good about America and you go, Well, I can think of one thing, buddy. Just one thing. One thing. Just one well, it's just the first thing that comes to mind. There's lots of good things about America. America is legion and contains multitudes. It's very difficult to sum things up. God knows everyone's been having a go at that recently. Yeah. So don't get me started on this or it's going, to be, it's going to be screaming because I'm upset with <laughs> everyone. And I do mean everyone. Well, um, the nice thing about but, that, of course, is if they break the place, I get to leave. So there you go. There's a, there's a <laughs> long-term commitment for you. Um, well, let's Let's well, talk about science, shall we? Yes, yeah, talk about uh, continental science. From uh, it's another study from from Scandinavia here. Except uh, yes. last week we were, we were talking about this Swedish study that was looking at how heart rate can predict uh, future 
uh, future cardio, no, heart rate can predict uh, future psychiatric disease. Yes, and they used, used precisely one jillion people. Yeah, they used all, all of Sweden, every Swedish man almost, or almost the whole population. So have a listen back to that episode if you're curious. But for this one, uh, this is a Norwegian study, a bit closer to home for me at least. Uh, that's done the reverse. Um, it wasn't in all of Norway because they didn't use a uh, army intake data, but they were looking at how um, uh, worry or worry illness worry can predict future cardiac disease. Hmm. So this is a really uh, a really inter- interesting pers- perspective here, looking at a pretty big data set. Health anxiety. Health anxiety. Now, the, t- yes. the definition of health anxiety, correct me if I'm wrong, you're going to know more about this than me. Health anxiety is a... It can be, is only sometimes related to actually having health problems. Health anxiety well, can be uh, paranoia. It can be, I hope I don't get sick because people around me have gotten sick and that's terrible. It can simply be... People who are over self-protective, precious, weird, or it can be concordant to acute or chronic illness. It can be something that is related to the fact that you have been ill. Yeah, all it, of it's, the it's above, quite, right? It, it's it's quite a wide spectrum. I mean, a, a lot of it taps into sort of this broad hypochondriasis where you have this um, preoccupation with "Am I ill?" Um, I have my heart, I felt a murmur. Let's go to the doctor. Let's get this checked out. Yes. So um, they, so they use one, one... a thing. They use a thing called the white lily, white lily, 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 lily index. It's one of yeah. the things. It should say Whitley, but it says white lily, 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 lily. White lily. Yeah. Um, whatever that is. And it's a, it's basically the questions are about hypochondriasis. So it's things like, hmm. are you bothered when stuff hurts? Uh, yeah. well, when how, when how a doctor concern? says you're fine, do you go, nah, bullshit? No, I'm not. I <laughs> I know I know I know something's wrong. Don't you don't you reassure me, Doctor Helmut? <laughs> how dare you, sir? Um, you know. And then obviously, I wonder how much WebMD has to answer for when it comes to oh, health. That's a good question. Cause, cause... Far out, because this this study was done well before the uh, uh, the you know the internet as as we know it. But um, oh man, yeah. But you know uh, the amount of people that go on there and have the self diagnoses, mm. and uh, it wouldn't especially wouldn't be good for these for these types of disorders or these types of anxieties. No, not if you're scoring on the white lily index. Um, you hang. I'll just load it here. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm not wrong. Uh, do you do you get the feeling that people are not taking your illnesses seriously enough? If a disease is brought mm. to your attention through radio, TV, newspapers, or someone you know, it doesn't even include the internet. There, do you worry yeah, about getting it yourself? 70s. Oh, it's super. It's super old. It's old enough that I've heard of it. I mean, this is not my area at all. Um, it's a pretty. Yeah. Yeah. So people and, with hypochondria are scoring pretty high on this because there's 14 questions they're scored from one to five so your maximum is 70 your minimum Mm -hmm. is 14 so i'm not a particularly health worrying person in general so i imagine i would get below 20 that would be pretty normal i think 20 is probably about normal uh if you've got hypochondriasis it's probably somewhere between 40 and 60 
Well, in this particular study, uh, they they classified um, health anxiety as scoring in the 90th percentile. So they it was quite high. Mm, okay, but well, so, look, is... some of these, are, yeah, if you're 90th percentile of this particular questionnaire, it's always good mm. to interrogate what something like that means. Have you ever looked at a study and they go, oh, well, we took the top third of people on our anxiety questionnaire and you look at where the cutoff is and go, what, so they, they're slightly worried on a Tuesday? Piss off, that's no good. Mm. Um, it happens a lot of the time when people are trying to dummy up a study that they hope is clinically relevant. You take a sample of whoever you can get and you, mm. you start making statements about the nature of anxiety using people who've got a bit of it according to an anxiety questionnaire, which is just not the right... You, we, we, when we talk about things like this, we say they lack construct validity. Or at least you might say that. Well, I'd use a series of rude words and refuse to read the paper. <laughs> yes? I think that this... Yeah. Okay. I, I think tell me, you've got to tell me if I'm here. wrong about any of this. It's like years since I've formally read... No, this is... Okay. Especially when you're working with, uh, you know, these what you would call these weird populations of under of white undergraduate students. But in this context, they sent oh, these you might have to explain weird nine... you have to explain weird to people. Come on, you're doing it again. This you is... just damned the concept. <laughs> this, this is the uh, white this is the educated, idea. rich, industrialized and what's D? Dickheads? Dense? Uh, Dumb. I don't know. What is it? Uh white is industrialized a... uh, white Educated, industrialized, rich. I think developed. Developed. That that sounds about right. So I, I think there's like ninety percent of, of all we know about <laughs> of all published psychology studies are done in these in these populations. Yes. So whether you can actually generalize is a big problem. But this is not the problem with this study because what they did was the local uh, the local municipality sent out uh, this uh, invitation to take part in this research to thirty thousand people in Norway in the year 1997. Mm. And because it's Norway, over 60% of people actually said, yeah, I'm going to take part, <laughs> which is an amazing, amazing response rate for getting something in the mail going, can you fill out all these forms? Mm -hmm. uh, so they're able to get, um, you know, obviously there's some selection bias about who, which people said yes Course, to, yep. to taking part here. But to get 60% of an entire municipality of 30,000 people is um is, is pretty impressive. So you're going to get a pretty wide spectrum of um of, of people, and, and you get you're going to get a nice distribution of um of health anxiety using this um white lily index. We should probably get the bloody name right. What's it called? We should <laughs> white whitely white. Is it? It looks like it says white whitely. Let's just just say whitely, <laughs> shall we? Let's call it the Whiteley Index. Right. So they had this uh, quite quite a large sample of people who um, who did, did did this survey, and because it's Norway, uh, every single person has a national ID number. So all these surveys were linked to their ID numbers, and then on top of this data, they linked it with another data set which was looking at cardiovascular illness outcomes, uh, hospital intake records, and death certificates. What was the cause of death? So they were able to figure out. By linking uh, by linking these two data sets, uh, was there actually a relationship between uh, the health anxiety, which was reported around ninety seven, mm -hmm. and um, and the incidence of cardiovascular disease or heart disease? I believe it was about a twenty year period. Uh, so it was yeah, it was ninety four to two thousand and nine or something. Yeah, two thousand and nine. The, the covered and, uh, thing, yes. 
So this is yeah, a, this is a significant. Let's put that all in perspective. This is a very significant investment of time and money into taking health statistics in a huge chunk of the population. Mm. Um, and they're specifically asking a question. This is the the, the question that they're asking. There, there's a reason to suspect that chronic anxiety related stuff will affect your what here is ischemic ischemic heart disease that the rest of the world calls coronary artery disease mm. because i mean ischemia is kind of the outcome and coronary artery is kind of the thing that happens it's like uh it's like to me ischemic heart disease is a little bit like calling diabetes uh fall over feeling dizzy with sweet blood disease it's kind of <laughs> you know it feels the wrong way around but we'll call it that because the authors did whatever so what is that that's all sorts of it's all sorts of stuff it's everything from like angina um uh m i uh and fallen over dead uh probably probably mostly i can't find this in the article but probably mostly angina so mm. most of the time when we go someone has got someone has got this this thing they have got an artery and the the artery is uh, occluded it is somewhat closed over right and the thing that is the actual angina is the is the chest pain because uh, like the squeezing thing uh and i can't remember if the physical sensation is the heart changing or the vasculature changing because this is now again we're moving so ah Everyone needs a wider base of expertise. I feel like I really do. Why does it? Yeah. Um, the name angina. Yeah, which is like, but the, the mm. probably the majority of the people in here. It's like and and ang, anger is is like choke, chest choky sort of thing. Do you hear those horns in the background? Mm. Man, I hate Alston sometimes. <laughs> That's one of the noisiest places in the world. A lot of the time, I'm part of the noise, and I guess that kind of fits. But never mind. Anyway, sorry. Um, what do we? What do we go to? What they actually found, Daniel, rather than splitting all these things up and what happened, etc. What do they find? We've got all yeah. people with health anxiety on the white index, and we've got all people with probably mostly angina, but other forms of ischemic heart disease. What's the relationship? Mm. So in this study, uh, they also included a few uh, a few important uh, covariates, um, not as detailed as, as the study we were talking about last week, but they were, to- uh, were talking BMI, uh, cholesterol, gender, age, um, education, and a few other things, yeah. more demographic stuff. And they found that once you accounted for these covariates, there was actually a 70% uh, increased risk of later ischemic heart disease. Yes. The people that reported high health anxiety during 1997. Now... Uh, they removed anyone uh, that had any reports of uh, ischemic heart disease at least a year after they completed the survey. Yes. Because maybe they were going to the doctor because of these very symptoms yes, that they which were Yes, they're, they're not health about. anxiety. It is health looking at. It's yeah. Health, uh, so health they're, observation. They're, doctor, my chest yeah, feels being, being tight a, and a sensible I, person. I, I have the premonition that I'm going to die. And they give you an angiogram <laughs> and goes, well, that's reasonably accurate, mate. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so they 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 waited a year, and uh, and they found that those people, um, simply by uh, reporting they had high health anxiety, 
that they later uh, developed ischemic heart disease up until 2009. Um, so yeah, this was uh, this was quite interesting. It's it's almost uh, it's almost counterintuitive in a sense because on the one hand, people with health anxiety you'd think would be taking better care of their health. Mm. Yeah. Firstly, well, hear me out here. Firstly, by um, by looking at um, by going to the doctor regularly, yeah, and then if if some, obviously the doctor is going to be picking up something if if they're doing tests or whatever. Um, but also, secondly, um, there you, you would imagine there might be a modest uh, improvement in lifestyle factors if these health concerns are there. But this is also offset with the comorbidities that often come with um, with health anxiety. Now, looking at the symptoms of health anxiety, it sounds a heck of a lot like generalized anxiety, where you have this rumination, this constant rumination. Yes. Uh, except it's more it's more specific. The, the mm. rumination, and you also have is, um you you also have every every physical thing that happens to you is capable of being turned into something. So you have a mm. you don't need even necessarily to be sitting around catastrophizing. You get to a certain mm. age, as I'm discovering, your body will do that for you. You climb up the stairs, you get a sudden twinge in your knee. I go, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm 35 next year. Um, why did I buy all this shopping in one hit? Someone with health anxiety goes, it's knee cancer. It's knee cancer. I'm going to die. Thing, it's a constant rem- it's a, your body is always telling you stuff. And it's, you, you, if, you're, if you're breathing, it's a constant reminder that, uh, that something might be wrong. And especially with the uh, the with WebMD out there as well, that's oh, just going to amplify. How much? Amplify how how much? How much health anxiety is WebMD responsible for? I reckon it would be. Um, I reckon it would be a ton. Yeah, so for sure. There's 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 a lot. Of, there's some research I'm reasonably familiar with where you look at uh, people have have discussed a lot in various areas of scientific literature about the stigma of diagnosis and what it actually means. You know, now you're one of those people. You've got the bad thing, right? Before I used to physical and mental. Before I used to just have bad days. Now I find I have the depression. You know. Mm. Oh, I used to. I used to have a a, a rash on my leg. I was worried about it. Now I have leg syphilis. It it has its own (laughs) weight and connotations. There's no such thing as leg syphilis. I made that up. So it has its own connotations. But there's Obviously, if you have something wrong with you and you don't know what it is, the moment you find out what it is, the moment you actually get a successful diagnosis, which gives you a prognosis and tells you what to expect, that can be tremendously comforting. Every time I've had something wrong Mm. with me and I've not known what it is, the moment I get a diagnosis where I'm certain that we've got it right, that is a huge relief. I probably wouldn't think that way if I had, say, colorectal cancer. Mm. It would be entirely different. So, mm, health ang- health anxiety sounds. Like, I'm not an expert on this. Tell me if I'm wrong. Health anxiety sounds like when you have it, it is difficult to treat. It's probably comorbid with a bunch of other stuff. Um, it's it's relatively it's re- it's relatively resistant to to treatment. Well, the the other thing is, yeah, I mean, we're just saying, oh, well, maybe maybe these people have got better behaviors. Well, maybe they maybe they have vicious cycles. Maybe they go through cycles of uh, over expectation and under expectation, like dieters. 
or maybe well, yeah look there's there's a lot of possibilities that not everyone thinks about things sensibly dan you go well if you're anxi- if you're anxious about it all the time surely you want to lay your anxiety by doing sensible things yeah some people don't think like that not even norwegians well, who the, spend their whole lives being the, sensible and wearing sweaters <laughs> if you look at the data uh, uh people with health anxiety tend to actually exercise less than uh, than people without health anxiety and uh, a lot of researchers think that's because of this extra sensitivity to what's happening in the body. And so there is this fear of overexertion or there's just it's basically overstimulating okay. if you're exercising too much. Interesting. Is that's there the any general... is there any research on interoception and health anxiety? That would be a I was just about to say that would be a brilliant research question. And of course these people would be better. Okay, let me put it this oh, way. We've done Wait some on, inter- wait. I just and What's interoception? Explain it. Yes, ah, explain, James. It's good. We should always pick these things up. Yeah, yeah. Interoception is anything related to your physical sensation of yourself. Yes. So a lot of the time uh, in our research area, a lot of people have studied cardiac interoception. Can you feel your heartbeat? Do you have the sensation of it in your hands or in your neck or in your chest? Uh, and it has a it has a lot of if you uh, bong it through PubMed and you'll see all the interrelationships that it has. But it's not just that when we we talk about it in terms of um, what is the experience of being scared like in the absence of a funny feeling in the pit of your stomach or a feeling on the back of your arms. What is anxiety or terror in the absence of physical symptoms? Or how do these experiences change if you're say paraplegic or quadriplegic? Now, all of a sudden, you mm. don't have a series of sensations, etc., etc. In fact, uh, paraplegic athletes take advantage of their lack of interoception to uh, horribly self-injure themselves because uh, your body freaks out, but they have no idea that it's actually happening. There's no, there's no, no feedback. Have you, have you heard of that one? Uh, mate, it makes sense. It's like, yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, apparently it's. Uh, yeah. Apparently it's. Uh, I think it's technically. I think it's technically a form of performance enhancement. So it's actually it's actually like outlawed in in different sports, but they 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 find all these crazy things that people have done because you know people are. Wow. I think it's called b- boosting. Look up look up a performance enhancement uh, boosting. Boosting, yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, interoception, health anxiety. Yeah, well, back to interoception. Uh, It's really interesting when we were doing a lot of testing with interoception. uh, One of the simple things you can do is um, put on a heart rate monitor of some sort, be it a a polar watch or an ECG, uh, and ask the participant whether they can count and uh, and identify where when their heartbeats are or how many heartbeats happening in, in a given time period 15 seconds 30 seconds in a minute uh and we we found in our research that uh the people that are much more anxious were much much more accurate at uh, determining how many heartbeats were in a given time whereas people who weren't they were way off they had no idea but then if people th- it was incredible the really anxious people could just sit there and just just tune into their body more because they're probably used to doing such things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, almost to the beat over a 30-second time period can identify, yep, that was this many beats. Oh, whose who's work was this? Yeah, our work. Uh, yeah. Who took this data? 
Sorry, is this in Norway or is this something we did? I have no memory of this. Uh, no, this is this is something that, uh, that that we did. Oh right, okay. That's why I don't remember it. I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. So this was uh this this shows you that people uh people with anxiety um tend to have the sensitivity. For a lot of people, you do feel that that the 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 heart might jump or you know oh. Uh, that feels a bit weird in my hand. And most people just write it off going, that's just your body being your body. But people yes. with anxiety will then focus on that. And then that turns into a vicious cycle. Oh, my hand's feeling a bit numb. What does this mean? I'm dying, which leads to different breathing, which leads to more carbon dioxide, which leads to your hand feeling more numb and just keeps going mm. and going and going. Yeah, I suppose that's it's possible that it would do a, a classic vicious circle like that. Um, mm, mm. I don't know, likely... Yeah, yeah. Look, you're you're continually you're continually full of a variety of different sensations. Some of them not amazing. Mm. So, mm. now there are something interesting that I noted about this study. A lot of the time, people are caught as previously, and you know, say something like, "Oh, there's a twenty three percent increase in the likelihood of getting something." Yeah, you mm. remember the the all that that utter bollocks about uh, meat and different forms of uh, different forms of cancer and eating meat, especially cured that. meat. Yeah, and um, it's a you know it's not a new it's not a new result, but everyone went absolutely insane over it and started saying all sorts of crazy shit. But a lot of the time, the best results in that was there's a small percentage increase in something that's already relatively uncommon. So it's very hard to scare the bollocks off a normal person when you say, "Well, your odds are getting this." are about 150 in 100,000 person years. So you've got to be pretty yeah. unlucky. But if you do all these really terrible behaviors, that will go up by 25%. 25% is <laughs> quite different... a lot if everyone and your mum gets it, but if no one gets it, it's 25% of very small possibility in the first instance. So, I mean, a 25% uh, increase in something that if it's a heart disease, about, you know, what, how many people die of heart disease these days? Still about a third or a quarter or something. It's like 20% increase in that is a public health problem. A 23% increase in mm. some random condition is nothing at all. You need to have like a mm. sevenfold increase before you start going, oh, look, there's a mechanism here. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it's, yeah, that, that that's spot on. Because uh, even looking at this sample, um, I think uh, out of 7,000 people, 300 of them actually had a uh, a heart event over the course of the the 15, 20 years afterwards. Yeah, you should. I mean, that's enough enough people to wait around until people get coronary artery disease. Yeah, it's plenty of time. Yeah, and and then of those 300 people, uh, the risk of that actually occurring was increased by 70%. If you uh, if you recorded uh, this uh, health anxiety, mm. if you adjust um, for everything else, it was just just the raw health anxiety versus not was a hundred percent. And when you do all the appropriate adjustments, it goes down to seventy percent. It seems yeah, yeah. reasonably so we, we, unambiguous because the the confidence interval is very wide. Yeah, it's pretty. It's, no, it not seems, very it wide. Fairly... Not very wide. Excuse me, that's the exact wrong thing. Of what I wanted to say. <laughs> So it's, it seems it seems pretty robust here. Um, now, I think one of the things that the the authors actually bring up as a potential limitation here is that um, they they ruled out people who have had a heart event previous ten years previous to the uh, to the questionnaire. Yeah, for sure. And one year 
one year after, which we mentioned. But the other thing was, um, what if people actually had a pretty good idea whether they would have the disease? Um, because th- th- this questionnaire doesn't actually differentiate between um, I'm worried about this thing, but it's not true, and I actually have this thing and I'm worried about it, like we were talking about near, near the beginning of the episode. So mm. even though they ruled out people who explicitly had this disease, what if a lot of these people already knew because, of, for instance, there were other, other risk factors that the doctor goes to them going, hey, mate, your blood pressure's pretty high. Don't be an idiot. Change, change your behaviours. You're, you're probably going to have a heart attack if you don't change. Mm. Yeah, that, that'll get you worried. Uh, heart disease runs in the family, perhaps. Um, yep. So th- th- there's a lot of reasons to believe that some of these people already had some sort of understanding that they actually did have an increased risk of developing it in the first place, which, which would have contributed mm. to the health anxiety. Yeah, for sure. But you've got, you've got a family that's that's full of people. It might not be a specific thing. You know, I, both my uncles had that. Uh, you know? Mm. There's a, yeah, there's an awful a, lot of that stuff is familial. It's considering you all have a shared environment generally. If you're all in a place in the middle of nowhere in Norway. Is it the middle of nowhere or is it just sort of semi-rural? No, I- it's uh, semi, but it's uh, yeah, it's sort of uh, mid Midwestern, near near uh, near Bergen, one of the uh, one of the big towns. Bergen, coast. but Bergen, is that how you say Bergen. it? Bergen, <laughs> line-eyed Bergie from Bergen. Bergen, but this uh, so this this has this study has a limitation that's very similar to the limitation that we mentioned for the study last week. Does it indeed? About what if the people who ended up developing worry in the future were all or de- developing a psychiatric disease, already had the psychiatric disease to begin with that just un- was undetected. Same thing here. And, uh, you know, I-, I don't think this could be resolved. Like, there's, there's not enough resources, not even in Norway, to be able to actually do such a, a comprehensive look, at least at, uh, at least at base. On the best you can do with these wide population studies... Oh, you need, to is, do what, uh, you need to do an RCT. You need to get a bunch of people without an anxiety disorder and beat one into them. <laughs> Listeners, James is joking. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I, what, I am, what I am trying to say is that there's a lot of things that you can't randomize. True. When you get to situations like this, there are things that we wish could be appropriately assigned that just can't be. And it, this is not something that you can get. You can go looking for a natural population of people who might have acquired anxiety. So after disasters, for instance, mm, that's uh, a, that's a... there's been studies of different populations after famines or wars, people who are survivors of horribly traumatic events, people who were all collectively poisoned by something. Um, you can you can get kind of natural unpleasant experiments for things like this, yeah. Or mm. people who've all mm. gone to prison, like anyone who's guilty of a white collar crime, then it had to go to federal prison in the United States. There's a there's a good semi natural sort of experiment, which is not good for the people. But um, so that's a that's a group of people who you know you you couldn't randomize them to it. The fact that it happened to them is probably unfortunate. But the idea of uh, <laughs> we're going to stick you on Rikers to see what happens is not an experiment you mm. can run. No. But when you're getting these massive population studies, it's almost the next best thing uh, because uh, you can sort of, you can filter out a lot of, lot of, lot of covariates here, uh, like the obvious ones like socioeconomic status and actually see 
what is the uh, you know how can we better predict who's going to develop these diseases? And uh, I think this uh, this actually gives us a, a good look into um, how we can actually predict or better predict uh, heart disease because it looks pretty robust here. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, but it, it can only really happen because of these massive uh, population registries where you can link uh, everything together. Yeah, it's um, it's also. I mean, think of when you when you put it this way, and you, if you were observing this, thinking, "Ooh, I'd like to do something like that myself." Do not ignore the fact that whatever collection is at work here started in 1994. Mm. You know, I was in my first year of high school in 1994. I was twelve. So this requires planning and forethought. Where if you set one up now. Assuming you had the money, which is extraordinarily unlikely, if you set one up now, um, maybe if your children became interested in public health, they they could get around to <laughs> in a professional level analyzing that data. They have some legacy studies mm. like that here that were started in the fifties that you just can't. I mean, it it forms part of the the sort of hegemony of science and the people who got started early. When it comes mm. to public health stuff, there's just no, there's no way to go back in time and and do that. Mm. You, but yeah, you just have to start. And um, you know, I know a lot of countries. I know, I know the uh, the English uh, doing this massive brain imaging study, a brain imaging thing. The, I think we've spoken about it before. There's an MRI truck in the MRI in the back of a semi that's mm. that's, that's rolling around the countryside, um, imaging as many people as possible. Right. Um, and uh, and then people agree to share their um, their their health information. Uh, now I, this is why I think it's so important that uh, that countries begin doing this. I know there's a lot of debate in Australia at the moment where they're kind of going, oh, you know, we we need to um we need to share our health information um you know b- between different organisations. And people are freaking out. They're like, no privacy, and I totally understand that. And uh, you know, you need an incredible amount of security. And given how poorly the census went, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how well Australia's, you know, prepared for, for doing <laughs> uh, that. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing with the census, is, as far as I can always remember, has always been a benign activity until they wrecked it's, that for themselves. And then, <laughs> you know, as a completely unnecessary, a completely unnecessary issue. Have you tell, tell the nice people who aren't Australian uh, yes. right now what they did? Yeah, so they they basically they 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 bugged it up um, by the they overloaded the um, people couldn't actually log in and do their census online. Um, there was accusations that we were hacked. I think this was uh, this was shortly after the the Olympics happened, and there was a lot of animosity between the uh, uh, Australian social media and Chinese social media. And people were like, "It's the Chinese," but it was actually the Australian incompetence of not <laughs> load of not, of not load testing. Um, and, and apparently, I, I read a story oh, that um, almost all certainly do, it wasn't the Chinese. I'm not sure they, it was they a, think about they things about like that census. as worth doing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you uh, know what? Hey, you know what? You know what we should do? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> do you know what would be a right laugh? This conversation obviously never took place. Yeah, it was, it was silly. It, the census has been a sort of a, a, a benign situation where you fill out your big pain in the ass packet of papers and that's it in the end of the story. The fact they managed to bollocks it up or politicize it in the first place <laughs> changes the face of how the issue is treated. So um, as, as, as per usual for some Australian institutions, a spectacular own goal. Um, well, the, well the, done. You should be playing soccer for England. 
the and the, the head of the uh, I believe the head of the census has has no statistical background, which which seems like a bit of an oversight. Okay, I didn't hear that. That's um yeah. generally you they got, they got hope. a big No? That's the one department. Uh and they apparently he's got the, a business background but no actual background in in statistics. So for oh, the uh great. for the Bureau of Statistics, it's you think it'd be a prerequisite. Oh, to some degree, yeah. And people are bringing you yeah. large, you know, you've got to make decisions about where to put large pieces of... I mean, I, I know about running a company. Well, it's not a company, mate. Um, data. Yeah. But, but, well, but oh, that... I'm sure he's doing great at it, whoever he is. <laughs> I bet, I bet I he's not a listener. Let's trash him some more. No, but the, the the problem with this is now 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 people are a little bit more dis, uh, feel a bit more discouraged about um you know do we actually collect big data? There are all these stories, all these hacks hacks everywhere mm. of, uh, of of data being stolen. Oh, that um, happens to uh, that I, happens to insurers here. They'll steal health information. I don't know what the hell good mm. it does them. I'm sure there's a reason. But uh, yeah, there's been a fair credit card companies and insurance companies, and maybe yeah. Hell with, hell with no, I haven't. I, I haven't heard any stories of the uh, the Scandinavian registries being being hacked. Um, They've got any I sense? Know, it's just uh, on the, you know collecting all this stuff. And people need access to it. They might even be air gapped. I don't know. They might just actually be well, on their own system somewhere. Be, be, being a user of the system and, and logging into government services, it's it's a pain in the ass. I have to have this app on my. It's like it's like three factor authentication. Like the amount of passwords and stuff I have to do. It is mental and it's annoying, but it helps ensure if that's the level level of user security, mm. um, then you'd assume that the level of uh, broad broad security is, is quite good, which can help support these initiatives. And and we, within Norway, at least, um, there's uh, the average Joe on the street is actually really supportive of this because people know, okay, if we get enough data, we can actually help uh, prevent disease. Uh, I wish I had more data. I wish I had seven thousand <laughs> people's data. Ah. Uh, Sorry, I'm. Uh, it's been a it's been a long day. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't sleep particularly well. And of course, you're going, hey, James. I really want to talk about a study in public health that's going to be full of numbers and spines and dwarves <laughs> and stuff. And oh, just like that. The odds ratio is fine. That's you know, you're assaulting me with this stuff. Anyway, look, I think <laughs> this is um. It's nice to review. It also makes me makes us stay positive. We get onto things that we don't like. Uh, there can be a screaming delivered, but this is this is fairly solid. I don't see any. I don't see any major reasons to distrust. Maybe I don't know enough about public health to say what the hell's wrong with it. But it seems, it seems that in in many respects the. the the effort that goes into doing a study like this is making sure the data exists in the first place. There's not a lot mm. of torturing. There's not a lot of uh, regression upon regression upon regression. And like, oh, if we include <laughs> all of these in just precisely this manner, uh, the the thing falls over and we get a very slight relationship between something that will sell well in newspapers. I mean, there's not <laughs> much of that. You go out, you get the data, and you have a good reason to ask the question in the first place. That's something we didn't talk about. Why would you expect them, people with health anxiety, to have heart disease? Well, I think because of the prior links between anxiety in general and heart disease and seeing, well, does do, do these people who have these behaviors of seeking help or seeking more doctors, does that actually change anything? Yeah. 
Well, it's it's an, another uh, it's it's another it's another sort of inflammatory associated uh, sympathetic dominant kind of stress thing. They do mention HRV. We, 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 one of our studies gets a shout out. One of your studies? Who stops saying our? Jesus, man. No, one of our papers, I, I, I think. It's got... Uh, what? I think it's one of our papers. One's a, one, a paper that we've written together. Oh. No. No, it's, it's, one, of John's, uh, it's one of John's papers. It's got nothing to do with me. Ah uh, yeah yeah, okay. One a paper that uh, that I've, I've been involved in. Then they they cite looking at heart rate variability and anxiety. Yes. So they kind of mentioned this this could be one of the things which contribute. Um, we know that people with anxiety disorders have lower heart rate variability. It could be, and we also know that that heart rate variability is when um, is when we looked at this, we found that if this when it came to a cardiac factor. Anxiety per se wasn't the thing that differentiated stuff really well. It was worry. As a component yes, of anxiety, generalized worry. Yes, and this fits into it. Re- this fits into these results really well. If you're about to go skydiving, you're anxious. If you're sitting around at home thinking something terrible is always going to happen. You're worried. Mm. So, and then the distinction worry is probably yeah, the worst kind for sure. Yeah, yeah I wonder so if it gets this, better this, or this, worse if you get sick. No, because it's it's the thing is there's no way of disconfirming because. You may say, oh, yeah, I'm sick. I have this thing. And you go to the doctor and they say, yes, you do have the thing. And then that thing is, oh, maybe I'm going to get other things. I, I, I just, maybe know, it'll it just be doesn't a, seem like Maybe a... it'll be a thing party and everyone's invited. <laughs> it, it's, it doesn't seem like there's, there's an easy way of actually disconfirming because I, I don't think it's specific that there's anxiety for developing heart disease. It's anxiety for having diseases in general. It comes down to general sickness, health, death. All those, all those nasty things. So if you get told you have one thing, then probably it might even make it worse. Going, oh well, I've read on WebMD that if you have this thing, you're more likely to develop this other thing. So WebMD should well fund be... a study on people who look at WebMD too much. I'm sure they've got great browsing data. You got, you know, so, oh look, check it out. There's a, here's a woman from Colorado Old who checks back. WebMD <laughs> twice a week. Let's call her up and see how she's feeling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's get out of here, Wait, Dan. We'll... I don't want to talk about let's... science anymore. I want to go hide under a blanket. It'll be <laughs> awesome. Goodbye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye, nice people. Um, Thank raise you. Us, raise us on Twitter and add us on iTunes. And uh... Yes, be our friend on Facebook. Tell us stuff that we should do more of and less of. Oh, don't don't give don't us... get back into that less of stuff. We get lists of things we're doing wrong. Lists of things. Let us know. But thanks for listening, and we will be back soon. We will indeed. Bye-bye. Toodles.